I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm going Welcome to another edition of Supercoach Edge, where we bring you all of the insight, analysis, and the edge for season 2021. My name's Damon, and as you may have noticed, we're rolling with a slightly different uh, intro song by The Killers this week, which is uh, one of their tracks called Caution. Awesome song, which of course references throwing caution to the wind. And that is definitely what I did this week in order to try and nab Oliver's VC score. I'll delve into that in a little bit more detail very soon. But first, let's introduce my co-host Liam. Now, mate, I take it you're weekend wasn't quite as stressful as mine no no luckily for me i didn't have to uh, worry about high more playing or uh any of those other those other subs thankfully i did have mccray junior sitting there on my bench who hasn't played in quite a while uh so it was nice that i didn't have to you know age prematurely by about 10 years in the space of two hours of footy <laughs> i mean i just have to leave my uh, my team to let me do that so would have been about 20 years normally but Nice win on the weekend as well. As it turns out, the uh, remember the, the double down of, uh, of the McRae, and uh, I've, I've been laughing ever since you've been doing that because, um, yeah, obviously the McRae Jr. hasn't been playing, but you uh, you pretty much were the one who was laughing this week. Yeah, I was. It worked out, worked out. To be honest, there was a, a small part, a very small part of me that mm. was hoping Highmore might have might have come on as the injury sub, maybe in the last quarter, a couple of minutes to go, you know. Just help me power up those ranks, but uh, obviously quite happy for everyone that did get to use their VC. I mean, it's pretty special when you get a player like Clayton Oliver scoring 204 and you, you can get the captaincy score on that. Just talking about it now, though, he's giving me uh, flashbacks, almost like PTSD. I was stressed for you. Uh, I was I was so stressed for you. I couldn't watch the match because I was, I was heading out in the weekend to a mate's dinner, birthday dinner. And literally, I was having my phone out. I felt like the most unsociable person because I had like the phone next to me and I was just like every five minutes flicking through like, oh, has he come on? Has he come on? But 
Yeah, geez. There was there was opportune moments, which we'll get into a little bit of detail about um, very shortly. But yeah, every time I thought Highmore was warming up to come on, I thought I've done myself over here. I've done yeah. myself a mischief, a big mischief, but luckily it didn't happen. Such a big risk, but luckily it did pay off. It did pay off. But um, let's get into the show. So uh, just a reminder to our listeners as to where they can find us across social media. Yep, on Twitter, you'll find us at supercoach underscore edge. You'll find Damon at at DamoJ88, myself at at Liam Evans underscore 95. On Facebook and Insta, just search Supercoach Edge and you will find us there. And of course, the loser of the week, as we know, in our head-to-head gets to kick off the next segment. And um, yeah, I mean, last week I didn't go too bad. I need to really... uh, do something, turn my form around and, and really pull my players aside and, and rally the troops. So let's see if uh, if I was able to turn that around as we introduce the good, the bad and the ugly. I don't know how to start this because I'm not used to it. <laughs> let me just hang on. Let me just find the run sheet. Here it is. Uh, every week we run through a quick recap of how our respective teams have performed and the players that stood out for both good and bad reasons. And as I am obviously kickstarting this, I uh, didn't, didn't, didn't win this week, unfortunately. Had a big score. Nice, nice score. Quite happy with it. 23-60. Best for the season. Uh, and I just have one thing to say. Thank you, Clayton Oliver. Mm. Piggy. As mentioned in the last potty, last week in our uh, captaincy segment, Clary was the perfect option for the VC or C. As I said, I was quite bullish on him. And without the Clary VC score, my score probably wouldn't have been too healthy, I don't think. But I have managed to continue my slow climb and I have cracked the top 5,000, sitting in 4,746th spot. Keep going, Rowley. Keep going. Hopefully it doesn't end there. Uh, in terms of trades this week, just the, I made the just the two. I mean, I can only make two. Um, <laughs> but so this week I booted out Highmore and Warner um, and brought in Lockie, the man Jones, and one Aaron Hall. The man. Uh, from North Melbourne. Now, quickly just onto my scores. I'm actually going to make a new line. So normally we have good, bad, ugly. Uh, but I'm going to have God tier this week. And there's no <laughs> prizes for guessing who sits there. A 204 captaincy score from Clayton Oliver just made the weekend. Moving on to the goods uh, for this round. McRae, Grundy, Laird, Gorn, Zeret, Walsh, Taranto, Daniel, Ridley and Hall all cracking the ton or higher. Thank you for just being super reliable. <laughs> Uh, Bads, James, the Burden Man, Jordan, struck again, 47 on field. <laughs> struck again. Struck again, <laughs> following a very similar trajectory to Powell. Is it time to move him on? We'll uh, have a bit of a chat around that a bit later. And just on my uglies, just Scott's injury affected 18 on field. In the uglies, uh, just the one, Scott's injury affected 18 on field did hurt. Uh, hopefully he's not out for too long though. What about yourself, Damon? Yeah, well, just just first, I just want to quickly touch on. Don't want to don't want to harp on about it, but the Burn Man Jordan. <laughs> he's not. He, he, he cannot the be given that burn title. Man. He's your Burn Man because he hasn't been putting on field. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's it's it's. I love I love the old James Jordan. Great great bloke. Great super coach player as well. Just uh, <laughs> has his moments in my tide. 
Anyway, on with my score. And uh, yes, I was finally victorious uh, over you this week. Stopped that uh, that run of wins by yourself, which was which was good. Scored 2,376, by far and away my biggest score for the season to date. Nice. And this was, of course, thanks to Piggy Oliver's massive VC score. Now, as I referenced in the intro and by the episode title, you will have noticed uh, I had to make a massive gamble by rolling with Highmore, who was the sub uh, for St. Kilda as my vice-captaincy loophole. Uh, it looked like the gamble was to fail uh, early on with Geary coming off with a bleeding pectoral muscle, Ooh. which uh, I was in the car on the way to dinner at that stage, and I was like, my heart just was in my mouth. I was like, I can't believe this is happening already. <laughs> I think it was at the back end of the first quarter. I was yeah. like, what is going on? But um, anyway, the uh, the legend went down to the rooms and then came back out like a Lazarus or uh, a phoenix rising from the from the ashes. And um, from then on, would you believe it? Every other Sinclair defender in Frawley, Hill, and Clark all came off with an eagle, prompting Highmore to warm up every single time. It was as if like the gods were just like laughing at me from yeah. like looking down at me, just laughing at me, squirming. But um, yeah, it's fair to say that my anus was tighter than tight. Tight, 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 yeah! <laughs> I, I did get quite a few messages from you being like, oh my God, Geary's gone off. Oh my God, Frawley's gone off. Oh my God, Hill's gone off. And I was like, oh God. Yeah, on fan footy, they all had the band-aid next to them. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I was waiting for, for me to just tune back in like five minutes later and like the whole enticing kill the team had a band-aid next to it, but they played on through it. I made I made a bit of a, a promise on Twitter, which I'll get into a little bit later in the week that was, but uh, I'll move on quickly to, in terms of my trades, I traded Paola McNeil uh, to Lockie Jones and Aaron Hall also. Both pretty decent uh I guess, returns uh, in the short term anyway. Mm -hmm. In terms of the good, Oliver, obviously, um, just as you said, God tier, <laughs> God mode, whatever you like to call it. Um, he just was was feasting like a like a pig in shit. Um, uh, but then alongside him also, McRae, Grundy, Gorn, Laird and Zerot, all with scores in the high 110 plus zone. Yep. Uh, and then in the bad, Jaden Short, unfortunately, 77, CJ 55, Jordan 47, your burn man. <laughs> and then in the ugly, um, yeah, special mention to Scott, unfortunately went down injured with an 18. But I probably should reserve this also because I was thinking about the sliding doors moment yeah. that could have occurred multiple times throughout the match in those players coming off injured one by one. And I'm sure in an alternate universe out there in a multiverse, uh, there was a universe where Highmore is subbed on and I'm left to watch my season go down the drain. So the ugly goes out to that multiverse me that has to wallow in that grief. So thankfully didn't happen in this, uh, this reality <laughs> getting very uh, sci-fi. I do feel like so many people did it that if he did actually come on, it wouldn't have been the season down the drain forever because everyone was doing it. Yeah. You know? I saw a few people do it. Um, there was a few people throwing the question out there. There was one guy who responded to my tweet saying stuff and I'm just going to throw caution to the wind and do it. And he was like, should I do it? And I was like, yeah, I'm doing it. And he's like, I'm on for the ride. So it's kind of like, we're just in it together. There yeah. were so many of us. I like the collective hope of everybody just made yeah. sure that he didn't come on. Yeah, exactly. That's what it was. Maybe he had himself, like Highmore had himself as the captain. Or, so it was just like, nah, nah, I'm not going on. Just refuse to go on. Yeah. Or maybe Rats had him as ah, his... Ah, yes. That might explain it. This makes sense now. They all had Clary as their VC. Yeah, interesting. But um, let's move on to uh, to something that will pep up my spirits even more. The running tally, how's it looking, Liam? Yeah, so I still hold a bit of a handy lead. 
Uh, hopefully, I'll make it back into the winners' column next week. I mean, it was only what sixteen, seventeen points in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah sixteen points. Yeah, it was. So yeah, it was was very close run. The successful gamble on Heimel. That the first thing that I thought of was yes, I've locked in his massive score. And then the next thing that sprung to mind was hopefully that gives me a leg up over Liam. And I had a quick look, and I think you were still yet. So I think McRae, you were waiting for McRae to play, and I didn't yet know what the points differential was going to be. Yeah. But I was crossing my fingers that uh, it fell my way this week. And fortunately enough, uh, not only did Highmore's uh, fortunes play in my favor, but also um, the the result of that as well, and, and me getting over the, the top of you. Hurts. <laughs> Come on, I have to keep it close this season, otherwise people are just going to tune out. Yeah, that is true, that is true. So currently it's six wins to four. Uh, and percentage-wise, 100.79 to 99.22. So very close still. Lots to play out this season. Very nice. And uh, hopefully, uh, let's see if a, if a, an Ollie-type VC scenario could uh, dictate next week's result. Hopefully it um, doesn't yep. come down to that. Let's see how that goes later <laughs> yeah. in the app. But uh, time now to discuss some of the hottest topics, players, and everything in between in the week that was. I don't care. Well, well, well. Let's start with the utter panic for those of us like Damon, not myself, uh, who had to roll the dice by using the captaincy loophole on a player named as the sub. As we mentioned earlier, Highmore was the man who saved Damon's bacon and quite a few other people's bacon as well. Uh, the Supercoach gods were all in their corner that night with uh, every Saints defender looking like they were going to go down injured and spoil the party. Yeah, hands down, I reckon it was the biggest gamble I've ever taken in my nearly 20-plus years of playing Supercoach. Like I said, my nurse, like seriously now, like if you hear me fart in public, it'll just go... (laughs) Tighter than tight. Tighter than tight. But um, yeah, as I mentioned during the game, in my helpless state, I was praying to the Supercoach gods like a mere peasant that I would... And I even said this on Twitter as well, that I would buy a Geary badge if he played on through his pectoral injury. To which he did. So I will definitely 100% honour this. But then I was thinking, maybe I should get a Brett Ratton badge as well for not putting Highmore on field because he was the one pulling the strings. Then I thought again, well, good thing that he hates playing him that much because it actually worked in my favour for once. But um, yeah, I do actually own a Ratton badge from his playing days at Carlton. So I think that'll probably have to do for the time being. Yeah, I reckon you could have your Ratton badge and your Geary badge next to each other. Yeah, that's a great idea. I actually might do that at my desk and I'll take a photo and uh, whack it up on Twitter and, and, and go from there. But I should probably, I was thinking about it as well. It's like Geary, then you had Frawley who went down injured, kept playing on. Then you had Clark, went down injured, kept playing on. And then you had Hill again, went down injured, kept playing on. So I'm like, do, do I get their badges as well? But I think no, Geary. I think Geary, being the spiritual leader as the, yeah. as the co-captain, he set the tone, so... Yeah, champion definitely definitely Thank you very much anyway uh let's also use this time now to throw back to a, a couple of points of note last week in last week's episode where we both used our patented super coach edge crystal ball which uh, if anyone wants to purchase one um they're not for sale unfortunately but um if you uh, have any predictions you want us to make <laughs> let us know because we made two sizable predictions last week and the first 
was a prediction of Oliver's massive captaincy score, which uh, which you yourself broke down in immaculate fashion last week, Liam. So let's have a quick listen to uh, to your breakdown and and uh, see what see what played out. All right. Well, you know who I do know about. Who do you? Who I think is a really good VC option if you can, and at worst is a, is a good C option. Yeah. Clayton Oliver, Clary, oh. the guy that I did not put the C on last week. The guy took the C off. Mm. He's averaging the last four against the Crows, 131.5. Jesus. He's only dropped below 100 against the Crows twice. He's played the Crows on six occasions for returns of 205, 122, 98, 101, 152, and 95. Wow. I reckon he's, I reckon he's a man. I reckon that's, that's who you go for. Gee whiz, Liam. That, that was amazing. That, that rivals anything that Nostradamus has come up with Oof. over the... What what was he in? Was he alive in the 16th, 17th century yeah, or whatever it like is? That. Yeah, but I mean, to come up with that sort of prediction on the week that he scores a whopping, I think it was career high potentially as well by uh, by Piggy Oliver. How did you do it? I mean, just look back at his, I just look back at his form line. Just got to go based off, off, off the data. Use the data to your advantage. Mm, he had scored a 200 true. against uh, against Adelaide in the past as well. So rich, yeah, rich okay. run of form against, against the Crows. But uh, not not talking down the crystal ball, though, are you? I mean, no, 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 not not talking down the crystal ball. But just you know, sometimes you've got to use you got to use the crystal ball, and you've got to look at the data as well. Yes, yes, hand in you've hand. Got to use the Excel Excel spreadsheet. I couldn't unfortunately do that with uh, with my own prediction. No, that one was much more crystal ball. Which which was much much more crystal ball <laughs> and very freaky because I made an offhand prediction that Guthrie would get injured if you traded him in last week because I know he was one guy that you're yeah. thinking of trading in. And thankfully, for your own sake, you didn't trade him in, but the injury still occurred, believe it or not. So I even made uh, just a reminder to Emper because we mentioned him last week in the discussion that he does have Guthrie and started with him. And I said, that's the reason why he's actually going to get injured. You're going to reverse curse him. Um, But let's have a quick listen as to what I said and the prediction I made. I don't want to turn you off Guthrie, but I must remind you, there's a certain someone who has Guthrie in their team. In fairness, Guthrie's had Guthrie since the start. I know, but wouldn't it be funny though? Like if you traded him in and reverse cursed him? No, no, that wouldn't be funny. It wouldn't be funny for yourself, but it'd be funny for Emper because for everybody else for Emper who we're referring to, who who has Guthrie started with him from the start. So great get anyway. Uh, but yeah, don't want to don't want to turn you off. But just just keep that in mind. Keep that yeah. In mind. Okay. And if well, he gets, if you bring him in and he gets injured on the weekend, don't blame me. I'm blaming <laughs> you. Because I said that. <laughs> oh, look at that. Yeah, I, I did make a, another another stern warning to Empire because he made a tweet uh, minutes out from the Geelong game saying that he was going to Captain Guthrie. And you'll see, I, we've posted it on Twitter of a screenshot that I sent a reply to him saying... Um, uh, something to the effect of look out for that impending injury yeah. with a little winking emoji. And someone actually replied after he got injured to my reply saying, what the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. So any listeners out there, if you want us to make any more predictions on your behalf, feel free to send them in to us via Twitter, Facebook, or otherwise. And this actually might be another business venture if this uh, if this works out. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, we can be our own psychics. Psychics are our super coach edge... 
Psychic Edge. Yeah, Psychic Edge, yeah. There we go. Ooh, there we go. It might be something to look into. Look into in the crystal ball and see if (laughs) that's in our future. Moving on, moving on. The cursed one, as we mentioned in Guthrie, is touch and go for facing the pies this week after injuring his shoulder. Duncan's concussion, which prompted him to be subbed out of the game, means he will miss this week, which leads into their bye in round 12. So I'd just be looking out uh, for any news on Guthrie and might even consider waiting until after the round 12 by to bring him in absolutely and uh with that let's uh look into our crystal ball and have a look ahead to the next segment which is coming up which is the price is right the price is wrong bitch in the price is right we run through the top buy sell hold and wait options for this round of Supercoach. we'll chat about the pros and cons and what we'll be doing with our teams this week as i said before about the crystal ball I'm just got it in front of me right now, Liam, and I'm just having a quick look into it, and I can see like a, I don't know who it is. It's it's some older gentleman that sells furniture. Who would that be? Uh, who is it? Grandsile, 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 Megalo, Megalo, Megalo. Yes, Franco. Uh, thanks so much, mate. We have had a look in the crystal ball, and we foresee that your sales are going to be booming over the next month. So all the very best with that, mate. Yeah, that's good for you, Franco. Uh, some for more, some more furniture sales, or uh, yeah, furniture sales. Just leave it there. Mm, just furniture. That's all. That's all he sells. <laughs> let's let's move on to the first buy candidate, Liam. Do you want to kick us off with the first one, Damon? Yes, yes. Thank you. I will. And um, first cap off the rank is someone that I'm targeting this week, potentially going by the name of Jack Steele, midfielder, of course, coming at 563k, averaging 112.1 with a break even of 120. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, we spoke about him last week, and he's virtually bottomed out in price now. Dropped a little bit lower. I think about five six k or thereabouts. However, you could potentially, as we said last week, you could potentially wait another week if you had other more pressing trades to make. But the appeal this week is the fact that he faces North Melbourne, who are actually giving up the 17th most points to midfielders in 2021. In terms of best averages against opponents for Steele, he does hold one of the most favorable averages against North with 106.3 across six games which is comprised of 128, 109, and 68 mm. in his last three games. He has the dreaded round 14 buy, unfortunately, but uh, thankfully he does play in round 13, which is seemingly just as difficult a buy to navigate. So personally for me and the way that my team is shaping up, uh, that is one of the main reasons as to why I'm targeting him this week. Yeah, definitely. I think that round 14 buy, uh, while is while it's tough, Round 13 is probably going to be tougher. So if you can get someone that's going to play in round 13, then uh, that's 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 going to really help most players. I think there's obviously yeah, great appeal uh, with him facing North this week. Um, great stat there of them giving up the 17th most points to mids in 2021. I think he's in for a big one, hopefully. Surely the Saints also have to come out firing. Yeah, exactly right. That's the other thing as well. Yeah, I didn't mention, but yeah, like naturally you think they'd want to come out and respond to last week's dismal effort. And yeah, there's uh, there's none better opponent to come up against. But um, yeah. Yeah, North Melbourne, uh, as I said, like giving up the 17th most points to mids. What a week to do it. And speaking of North Melbourne, he is a player that's just come off playing against them. Darcy Parrish, midfield eligible, 592.8K and averaging 111.1 with a break-even of just 67. Mm. So I guess he's a bit of a left-field option, um, but I have seen him attracting a bit more of a discussion in the past probably week or two. 
Uh, he's only in about 4% of teams, 6,422 to be exact. So let's just delve into his scoring a little bit more. He's got a three-round average of 133.7 and a five-round average of 134. Since a score of 79 in round five, he's gone 162, 107, 115, 134, and 152. So I guess the question now is, is he a real genuine option? His recent average is, I mean, right on par with some of those top-tier primos. Uh, mm. He's averaging in the past three rounds and five rounds sort of on par with Oliver, Guthrie, all those sorts of guys. His scoring obviously has come on since his move into the midfield. And if you just look into his stats a little bit more, he's rated elite by AFL Stats Pro for disposals, inside 50s, meters gained, and clear clearances and score involvements, mm. all of which are like Supercoach Gold and will help explain his uptick in scoring. His disposal efficiency is classified as average, and that can let him down at times, but he also tends to bob up and kick a goal or two, having kicked five for the season. With Shield and Caldwell out um, for what looks like to be the rest of the season, you'd really expect him to easily hold his spot in that midfield. I, I mean, even then, I don't think he's going to be moved on with the way he's been playing. Uh I don't think we'd see Truck moving back forward or into that forward flank anymore. But he is a pick that is a little bit more risky, not being, I guess, the bona fide uh, premium that we've seen in the past, but is one that I think should be considered, especially considering his recent averages. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I actually didn't even know that he was scoring in that, that realm, really. The three-round average of 133.7 and five-round average of 134 is just insane. Like, yeah, as you said, that's right up there with the likes of Oliver, Bont, Lyons, um, all those uber primos. So, yeah, the fact that he's scoring like that at the moment, priced at 592.8, uh, yeah, you could probably argue that he is a bit of a bargain at the moment with his output, but... I mean, yeah, he is a point of difference at the moment, only in 4% of teams. And as we know, with that comes the risk that, yeah, if he does have a downturn in form, he's going to hurt you more than someone like a, you know, a Bont who is in 24% of, of teams. So, yeah, that does come with that risk. But I think, yeah, given the fact that Shield isn't look, looking likely to come back anytime soon, Corbell out for the season, uh, yeah, he's going to get ample opportunity to stay in the midfield. And as you said, why would you move him into the forward line again, given his, uh, his recent form? And, I must say, it has been frustrating, and you could probably vouch for this being a Don supporter, Liam, but it's always frustrated me when you see a team draft a really genuine star at junior level yeah. playing in the midfield, and then they play them up forward in defense. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. So I think um, both in terms of a super coach perspective, but then as, a, as an AFL supporter, to see him get an opportunity to, to really flourish in the midfield is, uh, is good to see. Yeah, definitely. He's one of those players that's... Okay, I remember when he first his first season, I think 2016, he uh, would come into some centre bounces at times and you could see that he'd just be a player that would just absolutely kill clearances. So I've never understood why he was uh, planted at uh, the forward flank. Yeah. But, I mean, Wush is gone, so thank God for that. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably a blessing in disguise, I think, for, for Parrish himself that he's now playing under truck. But uh, moving on to the next candidate, who is Bailey Dale, uh, classified as a forward, uh, which is quite strange considering that he is playing uh, just <laughs> predominantly out of defense. Uh, he's priced at 479.9K, averaging 97, believe it or not, with a break-even of 49. And uh, he's probably one that we 
could have mentioned in previous weeks, but I think he has enough runs on the board now that it's just too hard to ignore him, especially given he is one of the few reliable options in the forward line. Yeah. Uh, he does look to have a limited ceiling, however, with only three scores above 100 so far. But when he has scored above that mark, he has uh, is scored quite sizable with 152, 129, and 112 as scores. Oof. However, he does look to be very consistent in his scoring with scores exceeding 80 plus on eight out of 10 games so far. So at least you can hang your hat on that if he doesn't go um, gangbusters with a score above 100. Yeah. The other good thing with Dale is it now looks as though he is the designated kick-in taker, having taken the most or equal most since round five. And most recently on the weekend, he had all three kick-ins. So in terms of that, I think that obviously adds a bit of a, you know, a nice foundation for his scoring from week to week and that is at least going to you know pad the stats I guess Um, but yeah I mean the fact that he's not scoring too high it really does come down to I think what you're after and you know if you're playing predominantly to win head-to-head matches and league matches or if you're going for overall um, I think I, I much prefer players that are consistent as to, as to those players who have a massive ceiling, but the standard deviation can fluctuate massively. Yeah. So I would actually wouldn't mind looking at Dale. Don't know if I could fit him in this week, but um, yeah, he presents as, as a really reliable option, uh, definitely, and, and one that I'd consider if you are in need of a forward line player. Yeah, definitely. It's sort of one that I guess snuck up on us a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think... Is one that I've sort of seen through the year, but not one that I'd ever really considered. Um, but I think now that we've seen that that consistency in his scoring, I think it's one that you would really want to consider. For, for me as well, he's not in my immediate trade plans, um, purely just off his based off his buy and my, mm. my current structures. Um, so he's one that I'd look to consider in the next few weeks, but but yeah, probably not right now, unfortunately. But yep. his break-even of 49 does mean that he will obviously most likely increase in price with the way he's scoring currently with his average of 97. So he's one that if, if you can, you'd be looking to bring in now. Moving on to our next cab off the rank, it is Aaron Hall, who is forward eligible, but again, playing off the uh, back line seems to be a bit of a consistent uh, trend across the forwards this year. Priced at 480.5k with an average of 86.5 and a break-even of 70. His average obviously has been affected with some injury scores. Uh, he finds himself again in the buy list after being listed last week. Um, for those who are still in need of a of another forward primo, again, purely because he is still underpriced and he just continues to score at that very consistent rate. He scored 106, 113, 112 and 104 in the last four games. And if you do discount his injury sub score of six in round one and his concussion related score in round five, his true average actually comes out to 108.16, which has him as the number two ranked forward just behind his uh, backline teammate at North Melbourne of Jay-Z and ahead of Zorko, who has an average of 102. He does also have that favorable buy of round 12, so he's available for the dreaded rounds 13 and 14. He's one that you could also consider holding, obviously with his buy being not this coming round, but the next round, um, and bring him in after that. But considering most people aren't too affected by uh, the round 12 buy, he's one that I brought in last week, knowing that I could cover him during that week anyway. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, like I didn't even realize that he's actually... He's actually six hundred dollars more expensive than uh, than Bailey Dale, but you know, obviously, as you said, subtracting those injury affected scores, 
uh, and seeing that he's so far ahead of everyone else bar Jay-Z uh, says to me that, yeah, if you're in need of a forward, I'd be I'd be grabbing Hall uh, ahead of uh, a Bailey Dale or anyone else just for that pure value perspective, really. So, yeah, yeah for me, I'd be jumping on him. Uh, I've already got him as well, brought him in last week like yourself. So happy that I've got him before he's skyrocketed in price. And moving on to our next guy, who is someone who is potentially returning this week uh, after a bit of a nightclub scuffle um, that resulted in him breaking his wrist, and that is Shy Bolton as a mid-forward. And uh, he comes in and priced at 498.4K, averaging 93.8 with a break-even of 68. Now, he does have a low break-even, as I just said there, in comparison to his average. So you would say all things going to plan. His price should be on the rise. However, it might be worth holding a week if you worry about how his output stacks up alongside Cochin and Prestia, who are actually both on the cards to return this week also. Yeah. So for me, I, I think I'd, I'd go by that rule of thumb. Just wait a week. Um, yeah, sure, he's going to go up in price more than likely, but I mean, you'd want to see how he performs with those two guys. Um, he may get less CBAs off the back of that um, because, you know, there's no qualms about it. They're going to have to pull CBAs from existing players. Um, and then, yeah, you'd want to see how how he's impacted off the back of, back of that. He may not be impacted all that much, but alternatively, it may impact him quite a bit. So uh, it's up to you as to which path you go down if you're looking at him. Um, but for me, I would, I would hold a week. Yeah, I agree with you there entirely, Damon. I think he's a watch and see for me. Obviously, no guarantees that he comes back this week, but also you'd want to see what his role is when he comes back. Um, obviously, it's a short turnaround from his broken wrist as well. Uh, so you, you just don't know how much that might affect his his game as well, coming back from that injury. So I think while, as you said, he probably will go back up in price, um, having a break-even of just 68 it makes more sense for me personally to, to, to wait and see how he goes and then bring him in potentially uh, the week after or, or uh, around his bias. Yeah, he does have the uh, the round 13 bias. So, I mean, you could potentially, yeah, wait uh, wait this week and then, you know, if you want to wait round 12 as well and then he has the buy in round 13 and then bring him in for round 14. If it looks like you're going to be struggling in that round, uh, you could potentially do that. But um, yeah, for me, it's a, it's a bit of a hold. Yeah, same as myself. Now, this is another guy that we spoke about last week, um, Isaac Heaney, uh, 347.1K, forward eligible, average of 76.5 with a break-even of just 11. We did speak about him last week, but again, I guess we'll list him as a bargain option for those frugal coaches looking for someone who is very, very cheap. Scored 110 and 86 in his last two games, but the doubt doesn't necessarily surround his scoring ability. It's more about his uh, durability um, from week to week and, and game to uh, week to week, and even in game. Horse Longmire has said that he's uh, a bit of a week to week prospect, so not someone you can necessarily hang your hat on. He's obviously fallen in price, and that's for a good reason. He's made of glass and is bound to shatter at any moment, like he did when he. Uh, punched the old BZT from uh, my mum. <laughs> Still dirty on that. Uh, but moving on, if you're a big gambler, and I think, yeah, you, you're going to have to be a real big gambler. You can take him, but he's just not one that I'm going to consider. I'm, what, I've got like 13 trades, I think, left. You're going to have to hold a trade just for him specifically. Uh, for the rest of the season because you just know that something's going to happen. He's going to be laid out. He's going to get injured in a game. He's going to miss a week. Something's going to happen. Um, 
you just you just don't know what's going to happen with the old Isaac Heaney. Yeah, absolutely. Big risk there, but um, good luck to those people who want to want to take it. On the bubble, let's move on to that. And uh, there's a couple of guys here that um, that really are the only options at the moment. But first one is James Madden from the Lions, available uh, much to my surprise as a defender and a forward. Uh, he's priced at one twenty three nine hundred, averaging sixty two point five with a break even of negative fifty one, and he has looked pretty impressive in his first two games, notching up scores of forty seven and seventy eight. And he's a yeah, as I said, an attractive prospect given his defender forward DPP status. He's been highly touted with his speed. He's probably one of those guys like, um, is it Nick Cox that uh, they keep mentioning that, geez, he's over 200 centimetres. Do you know that? Is he? <laughs> yeah, is he? Is he? That's kind of like Madden falls into that that same because I heard them say so many times during the broadcast on the weekend that he broke the all-time 20-metre sprint record at the draft combine. So, yes, guys, we get it. He's fast. But, yeah, we saw it on the weekend. Um, he burst through and kicked a goal, uh, an impressive goal with his speed. He burnt off. I can't remember who was chasing him, but burnt off the player and kicked a nice goal. So, super impressive player. And he actually had some high praise as well for the uh, the young Irishman in uh, the fact that he was greeted by the great Lee Matthews in the rooms and was told that, uh, as quoted here, uh, that he would play a lot of games of AFL, according to Lee Matthews. So uh, high praise there for the young Irishman. And he has come in after Gardner and Leicester went down with injuries. Now, Leicester nears a return from injury and Gardner is pretty much virtually out for the entirety of the home and away season. But I think if Madden can maintain his form, he should stay in the team for the short term. That's all you can really rely on. I mean, it's really hard to try and pinpoint as to, you know, job security long term. But week to week prospect, uh, if he keeps performing like he is and adds that much needed speed, I think, that Brisbane need, then I've said it again, there's the speed, speedy man. (laughs) But uh, if he keeps performing to that high level, uh, there's no reason to uh, to say that he's going to lose his spot. Yeah, I agree with you entirely there. I think it's just, yeah, the, the job security is probably the main concern. His scoring seems pretty solid. He's going to make some money. Defensive forward eligible, which just is just great, actually. Just what's what you want from a, from a rookie, just having that DPP swing um, ability. Yeah, as I said, the main concern for me is just his job security. Thursday night teams, though, that's going to help us have a bit more of a understanding of whether he makes the team or whether we need to, you know, we're not going to be looking at those last minute changes uh, mid round that we, that we've had to face in the early parts of the season. So thankfully I think that that helps us with some of these bubble players as well. Moving on to the other guy on the bubble this round, it's Cody Waitman forward eligible 173.7 K average of 86.5 and a break even of minus 70. The Western Bulldogs small forward has scored rather well in his first two games of the year with a 75 and 98. Given his role, his scoring is highly dependent on him kicking goals. In 2020, he only scored a 63, a 14, and a 20. Mm. So he comes in at a bit of a higher price, obviously, at 173.7K, meaning that if you decide to trade down to him over Madden, you'll make 49.8K less, which uh, can really make a big difference in funding future trades uh, later in the season or even this round. Obviously, with every dollar super important uh, at this stage of the season Um, and obviously he's also got some job security concerns as well probably a bit less than uh, Waitman with the return of McLean also 
um, impending. So there will be some competition for that spot in the side, but you'd expect as long as he plays well and the doggies keep winning, his role should be relatively safe. I mean, we've seen both Scott and McNeil hold their spots throughout the season um, as first-year players in the doggies' um, forward line. Yes, absolutely. And that's a very nice segue, Liam, because now let's move on to the sell category and open up that cash register. And Anthony Scott is the first cab off the rank as a forward and midfielder, priced at 281.7K, averaging 52 with a break-even of 93. And I don't know about you, Liam, but I think it's time to say goodbye (laughs) to Anthony Scott with a break-even of 93 and an average of just 52. He's no doubts about it, going to bleed cash. His score was uh, definitely injury-affected, as we know, but uh, even so, he was going to be on the block, I think, in the next few weeks anyway. If you can upgrade him, do so, but I think a trade down to Waitman or even Madden looks the go um, for a nice bit of a cash injection for your team. Yeah, definitely. I think he's definitely one to move on. Obviously, if he isn't named, um, you may be able to hold him just for the week because he won't decrease in cash if there's some other players you want to move on, but uh, definitely one to move on ASAP there. Also, I guess in the sale column is his uh, counterpart. I want to say, his, his twin, mm. if, if you will. Yeah, exactly. They're the same uh, player, I think. <laughs> Lachlan McNeil, uh, midfield eligible, 253.5K, averaging 48.9 and a break-even of 61. It's also looking likely that it's time to move on Lockie McNeil. Break-even isn't massively high, but it is well above his average. If you can't afford the trade, he's uh, one you could probably hold i guess but you will see obviously a decrease in his cash but yeah just one to move on i think now the horizon in terms of uh rookie prospects going forward look quite slim at this stage uh madden and waitman uh, i think the last two remaining half decent rookies to jump on so i wouldn't uh wouldn't sneeze at anyone that is thinking about trading in both of those two rookies and i think definitely yeah as you said scott mcneil two prime candidates to get rid of they've they've pretty much peaked in price and yeah if you uh, want to make some quick cash that's the way to go yeah definitely moving on to the next category and that is hold <laughs> that was <laughs> yep that was my my best impersonation of mel gibson in braveheart there it's great um, for those people who were wondering where is that sound bite from that's from braveheart and our first guy <laughs> who we think you should hold and I think you should definitely hold. I don't know about you, Liam. You might be. I had him in a different opinion column to here. begin with, but then I thought better of it. <laughs> it is James Jordan as a midfielder, coming in at three sixty-six point one k, averaging seventy-one with a break-even of seventy-five. So while his score of 47 on the weekend was underwhelming, considering his five-round average is 80.2, he's not one you really need to drop just yet. We've seen him have some down games, Liam, as you've seen them firsthand. Yeah, we have, haven't we? Mm, you've seen them uh, on field and... Uh, you've seen his his best games when he's been on the bench. Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes with James Jordan, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. But we've seen him bounce back, though. We've seen yeah, him bounce back. That's the main thing. And uh, his break-even of 75 this week isn't uh, unachievable. His scoring is relatively consistent, so at least he's got that to hang his hat on. And he does fall into the bracket of hold or sell, um, but I think it's entirely dependent on what you're going to do with him. If you can upgrade him to a primo, then I think do it. But I wouldn't be downgrading him just yet, though, um, in terms of, if that makes sense. I think yeah. if you're going to trade him, you'd be using him to bring in an uber primo yeah, definitely. or just a primo uh, just to, to strengthen your team. I think there's 
a couple of people out there that sent in a couple of questions really um, specific to their team. And they've said, is it too soon to get rid of Jordan? But they wanted to bring in, say, a Lions or a Steel. And I'd say in that case... Bring him in, bring him in. I think it was someone that asked us that in the, the Discord. Discord. Yeah. So yeah, I think in that case, I would say definitely do it. Um, but in terms of trading him down, I wouldn't trade him down to another rookie because there aren't any other rookies out there that can that can really average what he's averaging at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I agree entirely there. Um, while James Jordan is my burn man, he's a... Uh... <laughs> He's going to stay in my side. Good. Love him. Love him. <laughs> Moving on, uh, we've got CJ from the Hawks. Uh, defensive eligible, 393K, averaging 85.2 with a break-even of 118. Here's another one, I guess, that falls into the, the two buckets of either sell or hold, depending on where you are. Mm. Um, I'll personally be holding him at this stage. I can't really afford to trade him out with the, the trades I've currently used. I do think I've got bigger issues in in my across my field and I think that would probably fall into the same category as most people there is definite merit though in moving him on um, but I think it's very team dependent if you've got the trades to spare then I'd consider moving him on if you did move need to move him on to grab another primo as is the case with uh, James Jordan it does make sense but I probably wouldn't be again doing it to downgrade him mm. to a rookie at all yeah for sure and yeah like above with with James Jordan I'm actually in that in that situation at the moment where yeah. I'll be looking to move him on as he affords me the luxury of trading him up to a steel or a or a lions or a bont even yeah. um, because I have enough cash in my bank to do that um, and I do have that uh, that sort of DPP switch between midfield and defense. So I've got Laird in my midfield at the moment. I can switch him to defense and thereby trade CJ to one of those guys I just mentioned in the midfield. So yeah, I mean, if you're in that situation and if it does strengthen your team long-term, definitely look at doing it. But yeah, like we said, don't trade him down to a rookie just to try and get cash because yeah, as we've seen, he does have that... um, propensity to, to score quite high he's, he's in a bit of a downturn at the moment but i mean there's no qualms about it he can on his day score quite well yeah definitely and i wouldn't be trading him out if it meant that you were fielding a jones or another sort of uh defensive rookie as well even if mm. you weren't trading him directly to a rookie if that makes sense absolutely and uh just in terms of what we're doing i've kind of just mentioned right there what i'm doing with cj um i think i'm, I'm going to be looking at bringing in steel at the moment because I mean, I can use the secondary trade to uh, trade. I think it's Scott I might be doing a trade down to Madden, which will afford me a lot of cash to to trade CJ to even the highest midfielder that I don't have, um, highest price that is. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm really trying to look sort of two steps ahead and I don't want to use all of my cash at the moment. And I'm trying to get in those guys that have dropped in price, but, you know, should finish in the, the top eight midfielders come the end of the year and I think Steele really falls into that category um, and I'm going to wait on getting a Lions or a Bont at the moment because I, as I said they're kind of at the highest price point at the moment and I'm just waiting for one of those guys to have a bit of a downturn in form and then I'll grab them but I think first point of call will be um, bringing in Steele and then yeah the second trade will be Scott down to a Madden what about yourself Liam? I'll be holding CJ at this stage I do see the merit of moving him on likewise with James Jordan I'll be holding him on the firing line it is probably Anthony Scott or Lachlan McNeil on the ins I'd probably want to be bolstering my midfield at this stage 
a little bit more. Um, I am considering a Darcy Parish. I do think he is underpriced uh, for his average, obviously. As we've just sort of discussed with pods, um, there is a higher risk if, if he does break down his scoring um, or if he gets injured or whatever. Um, it's going to disproportionately affect me over other sides. But I do think that with the way he's scoring in the past five rounds, it's not not, not exactly a small average. Um, I think it's sustainable across the season. And I think from here on out for the rest of the season, you'd find that he'd probably be in the top eight to 10 mids as well. For sure. And uh, I think that's the time, isn't it? What time? Same price. Same position. Same super coach contribution. But there could be a season of difference between their scoring output. Compare the pair. In this week's Compare the Pair, yes, it is back after a uh, bit of a week off. Gave a bit of a break just to, to rest and recover. And this week has been sent in by Sam at AU Pinker. Thanks again, Sam. He uh, contributes quite a bit every week. So thanks for tuning in and contributing. Uh, he asks, Lions or Bont? Bit of an interesting one, that one. Yep, I'll kick off uh, just with some, I guess, stats around Jared Lyons. He's priced at 646.2K, averaging 122.5 with a break-even of 118. Three-round average of 137.5, which is uh, quite nice. Round Five-round average mm. of 128.4. He's been a pretty solid scorer um, and pretty consistent. He's still in the ton run, as, as uh, I think we've discussed a little bit. Um, but his lowest score is at that 100, and his highest score is 145. So obviously... Everything coming in with that within that bracket, which is which is quite nice for a midfielder. He's got a low ownership, um, but it's definitely been rising week on week. He's at five percent of teams now, at nine thousand fifty-seven teams overall. What about Marcus Bontempelli, Damon? Yeah, so he comes in at uh, six fifty-seven, so slightly more expensive, mm. six fifty-seven point eight k to be exact, averaging at one twenty-four point four with a break-even of one hundred five. Now his three-round average is one forty-seven point three, with a five-round average of 135.2 and in terms of the breakdown of his scores and the range that he has so his lowest score has been 82 with two scores below 100 and a high score of 159 so he does have the high ownership however compared to Lions uh, with 29% uh, with uh, 48,174 coaches owning the Bontman so Liam what are your thoughts yep so obviously as we just discussed Bont does have the higher ceiling but he also has the lower floor. So he's going to be a bit more range, I guess, in his scoring. So you may cop a few lower scores um, just based off that. He's in more teams, which does reduce that risk, though. Lions is probably a more consistent performer overall. As mentioned, he's still in the ton run. Uh, check out Empa if you want to keep up to date on that. So you'll obviously find that you'll, if, if you do pick him, you'll find yourself with a more stable scorer overall. It really, to me, is a bit of a coin toss. Um, both have the same buy and come in at, while Bont is more expensive, it's only only very slightly more expensive. Bont, though, is more liable for a lower scoring game than Lions so far this season from what we've seen. Uh, his break-even is lower, so you'd expect him to also increase in price. Um, if I did have to choose one, I'd probably choose Bont purely off his higher ownership. But with that being said, I'd pr- I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> flip a coin. Flip a coin. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I think, I think I'd go Bont. Just the higher yeah. ownership means that there's less risk associated with him than Lions. But yeah. Lions isn't inherently risky with his scoring, if that makes sense. 
Spot on, yeah. I'm, I'm very much in that camp. So, yeah, you, you can't really go wrong with either at this yeah. stage, given how they're both performing. But as you mentioned, uh, to me, the floor and the ceiling is obviously all you can do to separate these two because their prices are so similar. Their, their averages, um, you know, break-evens, all of that. So for me, I always hold preference to the guy who can have the more consistent output with little standard deviation. And as we've just covered there, uh, Bont has a bit more of standard deviation there in terms of having a lower score or a lower floor than uh, than Lions. Um, but he does have a higher ceiling. So, I mean, it does sort of balance out if you look at it that way. But uh, in terms of the scoring range, uh, I'd, I'd prefer to go for someone who, you know, consistently from week to week, you know that he's going to score 100. And if he scores up to 145, I'd love that. But, I mean, you've got to really factor in what you're playing for if you're playing for you know purely head-to-head matches and league matches you know if you're in your cashies and all of that um compared to if you're playing for overall it does kind of change you know depending on what you're you're actually playing for for me i play for both um so at the moment that means lions gets the nod because i'm in quite a few cash leagues as well um and just purely because you know, Bont is prone to that lower score and Lions, at least I know that he's got that consistent range between 100 and 145 that, you know, he's not going to be, you know, having a downturn in scoring yeah. on any given week and really stuff me up in head-to-head league matches. Yeah, definitely. I, I see the merit in both of them. Mm, um, for sure. It's sort of a, a case of why not get both as well. And Liam, it is time for our next segment your favourite, because I think you're the one who... I think you dubbed the voice in the movie. Did you not? No, I, I did. I, no, no, I really didn't. But you let's, didn't? Let's, okay. see, let's see if I can do it. Well, it sounds eerily like you. Let's just have a listen. I'm the captain now. <laughs> Look at me. I'm the captain now. Oh, I, I, yeah, well... Did that sound like it? Can I just go back on what I just said? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, every week we'll be bringing you our top choices for the VC and the C. We'll be discussing some of our key options and some that may be a little bit left field. And there is one that we've thrown into the mix, uh, courtesy of yourself, Liam, um, who is quite interesting. But let's kick it off. I'll let you kick it off, Liam, seeing as though you're the captain now. Yes, I am. <laughs> let's kick off. Uh, number one off... Our VC options, I guess, uh, is Gorn playing against the Western Bulldogs Friday night, 7.50, Marvel Stadium. His average in the last four against the Bulldogs is 109 with scores of 117, 139, 131 and 49. With that being said, you'd want to be looking at who he's rucking up against. He hasn't had the best mm-hmm. average in the past couple of rounds. He did come back with a bit of a vengeance last round. I think he ended on 124 off memory. Yep. Um, so... I mean, depending on, on, on your captaincy rule, your VC rule, you might not be able to take that. Uh, <laughs> exactly, if it doesn't fall over the 125. Yes, but anyway, uh, he is going to probably most likely come up against Sweet. So you, you'd expect him to, if, if, if he does play against Sweet, like that would be a very favorable matchup for him and you'd expect his scoring to go quite well there. Uh, he's definitely one for the VC, if you ask me. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, if he's going to be playing up against Sweet, I mean, Sweet, he's done well so far in terms of uh, his output, and he hasn't been really demolished by any given Ruckman uh, at the moment from memory anyway. But I think Gorn, yeah, he's, he, his recent scores haven't really been anything to write home about. But yeah, I think 
he's on a bit of an upward trend. That's just my feel. Um, you know, 124 on the weekend. He was actually at one stage uh, looking as though he's going to score, like he was going to score close to 200 points at one stage and he kind of sort of fell away a bit um, in terms of his scoring throughout the game on the weekend. But yeah, I can really see him putting in a solid game on the weekend. Around about that 130 mark, um, which I definitely lock in. Obviously, it's over that 125 (laughs) mark that uh, that we like to, uh, to lock in our VC scores at. But yeah, for me... At this stage, I'm considering him as a VC, but there's actually uh, three more options that uh, people can consider. And the next one is that man, the Messiah, who uh, who helped me on the weekend and helped yourself and a lot of other coaches out there. Piggy Oliver, as I like to call him, just feast on the uh, on fantasy <laughs> points and super coach points. Uh, comes across uh, the, I guess, rampaging... Bulldogs midfield, who now actually are a, a man down because Trelaw has injured his ankle and he's going to be out for a fair while. Um, but on the weekend, as we saw, uh, just absolutely tore it to shreds, scored 204 points. Could he do it again against the Bulldogs? His average in his last four against them is 109 with scores of 175, 125 and 136. So I don't know. For me, I'm, I'm tempted to go back to the well with him, but the other side of the coin says that chances of him replicating that sort of score, you know, back to back, uh, is pretty slim. Um, yeah. Bulldogs have a really good midfield, like I said. He's one that I'd, I'd consider. I mean, he's he's definitely an option. I mean, what, what more can you say? Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I I just I, I can see him going big again, but it's just unlikely that he he goes to the same level. It's also it's going to be an interesting match with the plethora of high-scoring players and where the points actually go this round in that game. True. I think it's it's going to be, yeah, quite quite an interesting one, actually. Um, mm. Next player, also in that same game, uh, we've got Bontempelli, um, obviously playing against Melbourne. His average in the last four against the Ds are, is 111.5 with scores of 135, 93, 128, and 90. Obviously, uh Two of, both, two of those scores are definitely captain scores. Uh, mm. The main concern I have with the Bont this round is whether Melbourne decide to throw Hibbert at him in the same way that they did with uh, Dusty. Um, Hibbert obviously tagged Dusty uh, to, to reasonably good effect in that game. Uh, he has the tank to go around the field and obviously is quite defense is a defender, so knows how to how to match up on players like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if Melbourne do that again to the Bont. That would be my main concern is if he does get blanketed there. I guess if you are putting the VC on him, it's less risky, but it's just not necessarily the best option I think of the four players that are in this game. Yeah, absolutely. Let's round it off with another guy who you can consider. So the fourth guy in the same game, um, McRae, Jack McRae, uh, averaging in his last four against the Ds, 124.25, with scores of 141, 120, 105, and 131. And that sounds more like, uh, yeah. you know, the sort of captaincy scores that you'd want to lock in. Um, obviously, the highest average in his last four against the Ds compared to those other uh, three guys that we just spoke about. Definitely. For me, I'd probably either go for a Gorn or a McRae. I think it's like 50-50. Yeah. Um, as I said, Oliver, don't know if you can if you can really replicate it. Uh, you, you know, you can, but I think for me, it's between those it's very two. very different opposition as well. Yeah, exactly right. Um, and, you know, like we said, uh, looking at the historical scores and the and the data, like we did last week with, with Oliver, um, you know, you can't sneeze at the fact that McRae has 
averaged 124.25 in his last four. So, yeah, one that I think a lot of people should definitely think about uh, using. Moving on, we've got uh, the ever-reliable Grundy uh, against Geelong Saturday afternoon, 1.45 at the MCG. His average in the last four is 111.25, and that's comprised of scores of 144, 81, 137, and 83. Yeah, I think for me, uh, again, he's coming up against, I'd say, Blitzarves yeah. uh, in the ruck. Blitzarves did pretty well on the weekend, uh, although he was up against uh, was Zach Smith for the Gold Coast Suns. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'd say first game back quite rusty, and Blitzarves scored quite well. Uh, and he also played quite well. So I think Grundy could potentially get out of the, you know, off the leash um, as he has in the past. And a 144, I think that's the most recent score, isn't it? So yeah. that I really, really do like. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next one off the rank is uh, Steele against North, as we mentioned, North giving away the most second most points uh, to mids this year. They're playing Saturday at four thirty five at Marvel. His average against the uh, against the Roos in the last four is one hundred eleven point two five, which is made up of scores of one hundred twenty eight, one hundred nine, sixty eight, and one forty. You just expect him to bang out a massive score here. Um, I think a captain score would be like a, a 125 plus would be the minimum you'd, you'd expect from him. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, we spoke about last week in terms of, I think it was Kane Turner potentially being that uh, that that newfound yep. uh, yeah, tagger, tagger for North Melbourne. But uh, he actually didn't tag, I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, Liam, because you'd know more than me They when they played your Dons on the weekend. <laughs> um, I think he was playing more as a defender, Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, he was playing on uh, Tip and Woody uh, on the weekend, especially in the early parts of the game, um, mm-hmm. just sort of trying to negate his role uh, in the forward line as the, I guess, the barometer of Essendon. So, I mean, potentially he would go back to the midfield to try and play as a tagger, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that he'd go to steal necessarily in that sense. Yeah. Steel is like super fit. That's a thing. He, he kind of reminds you a bit of a, a Dane Swan. Like he can run all day. Yeah. That's the thing. And he's he just works from contest to contest. Um, and I don't know if Turner could actually match him for that um, aerobically. So for me, I'm not too worried about it. Um, and the fact that yeah, Turner wasn't really playing as exclusively as a tagger is playing more as a you know a cannibal lockdown you know defender, I guess as yep. it were. Um, so yeah, for me, I'm considering Steele uh, most definitely as as a potential captaincy option if my VC option doesn't come to fruition. The only I think concern I have is Steele gets a bit of his score from tackles. Yeah. Um, so it would obviously rely on North getting uh, a lot of the ball um, as well. But yeah, that's a good point. It's not necessarily the, the biggest concern. I think Essendon on the weekend had more tackles than North Melbourne as well. Like they won by 70 points. So you'd probably expect Steele to still be able to get some form of tackles uh, from scoring from tackles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, as we say, it, it sets like a similar to a Bailey Dale or a Jay Z, who you know have those kick-ins or a Ridley um, with Steele. His his base and real solid foundation is his tackling and his ability to tackle. So if St Kilda are actually getting beaten by North, at least he can fall back on the fact that he can tackle and get points via that, as opposed to getting his hands on the ball and you know doing what he does best. Um, but moving on to our next candidate, which is Dusty against the Crows on Sunday at 110 at the G. 
And it may surprise some people that we've included him here, but um, his average in his last four against the Crows is 120.75 with scores of 116, 108, 160, and 99. So nothing too out of the box, and it's probably inflated a bit by that 160 that he scored. But, um, I mean, that's dusty for you. As we saw on the weekend with with uh, Piggy Oliver against the Crows, he just absolutely smashed it. So could potentially dusty. Could he... Uh, have a bit of a, an out-of-the-box game against the Crows. Who knows, potentially. So he is a bit of a left-field option there. But um, yeah, if you're looking to get the leg up on other people who mightn't go for, you know, or consider a, a Dusty, um, he's one to consider. It's a bit more of a left-field option as well. I don't know if he's scoring as well as you'd want to see. Um does obviously come up against Adelaide uh, at the MCG. Back at the MCG, I mean, the Tigers might have a little bit less to whinge about this week, uh, hopefully. Yeah, supporters might turn up a um, bit more. Hey, hey. <laughs> it's interesting uh, that uh, North Melbourne and Essendon, I think, had more more supporters turn up than uh, Richmond when they played at Marvel. Mm-hmm. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll leave that there. Uh, moving on yep. to our real left field option. Uh, it's it's your, your boy. He is. Sammy Walsh. Coming up against the Sydney Swans on Sunday at 3.20 at the SCG. He's average in the last three, and it's it's three because that's the number of play, games he's actually played against them. It's 125.33, and that Ooh. comprises of scores of 161, 112, and 103. Mm. It's pretty good. Some pretty good scoring there. It is. And, I mean, it kind of falls in a similar scoring um, trend to Dusty there. But, I mean, those early scores of 103 and 112 or at least 103 would have been in his first year yeah um so i mean yeah i mean going by current form with walsh he he doesn't really present his left field option but i mean a lot of people probably won't even factor that factor him in um plays the scg um yeah for me uh, i'd I'd, uh, yeah i don't know if i'd go for it it's a big risk it's a big risk it's a big risk but especially considering you'd have to lock him in as you see. If he was a VC candidate playing early on in the round, I would I'd most definitely um, roll the dice on him just to try and get a leg up on others. Yeah. If he was playing in game one or two yep. and I could VC him, I'd, I'd take it. But it's, it's too big a risk, I think, playing so late and having to be a captain option. Yeah. But uh, he's there for anyone that uh, loves to uh, you know live dangerously. <laughs> Uh, to quote Austin Powers. So um, anyway, moving on, who are you going with, Liam? Have you made a, made a choice? Yep. Uh, so I think I'd love to go Clary just because of last week, you know, ride some, uh, ride some points from last week. Let's chase last week's points, uh, even though I did get them, but, you know, let's just continue to chase them. Uh, but I just don't <laughs> think he can reproduce what he did on the weekend. You'd expect Bevo to look to dampen him a bit. Um just coming off such a such a big game, like scoring three goals. So with that in mind, I think for mine, it's going to be McRae into Grundy. Yep. As much as I like the the, the scoreline of Walsh and the form guide, I just don't think it's it, it's too big a risk um, for me personally. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, it's as I said, sport for choice. Um, really tempted to go back to the well with Oliver, but. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what the dogs do because I can't remember in recent times anyway if they've actually tried to lock down and tag any opposition players. Um, I think Wallace has done it in the past, potentially um, Hunter. Yeah. Um, 
even um, McLean, who we spoke of before, but I don't know how far off he is or even if he's going to play on the weekend, if he's still injured. But um, for me, yeah, I, I would probably steer away from Oliver just because I can't see him having back-to-back mana scores yeah. like he did. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's probably a bit of a flip between McRae, but then I look at Gondi and the Gondi combo. I haven't gone with that combo in a fair while, so especially if Sweet is the sole Ruckman for the Dogs, I'll be rolling with Gorn in that game yeah. um, and then probably assessing from there who I think comparing all those other players, I think Grundy appeals as a C option if Gorn fails. Definitely. I agree with you entirely there. And now let's move on to our next segment. Uh, it's, a, it's a crowd favourite, I, I believe. Definitely uh, your favourite, Damon. What, what is it? It is. It is. It's when Dirty Harry walks over to me and just you know says to me, You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? And I say, I got to know. Hey, I got to know. That's right. In I Got to Know, we answer all your burning questions from this round of Supercoach. First up off the rank, we've got Guarav Bauer on Facebook. Uh, his question was, thinking of getting two of Madden, Waitman and Heaney, please help me decide. He also sent us a screenshot of his team. It's it's pr- pretty strong. Very, very strong, actually. Uh, his, in terms of rookies on field, he's got uh, one in defense in Lockie Jones, uh, he's got two in the midfield with Jordan and Poulter, but he's also fielding Cripps. Um, he's got Gorn and Grundy. And then in the forward line, he's got one with Warner. He's got 105.6K in the bank and he's still got 14 trades left. Uh, just quickly, I, as we've discussed, I still clear of Heaney. He's just, his injury history continues to worry me. But obviously it all comes down to your risk appetite. If you like a risk, Heaney is definitely your man. I personally want to avoid him, just that injury history and just our past discussion of what Horse Longmire has also had to say about him being a week-to-week prospect. Uh, Overall, you do have a very, very solid team. Um, If anything, I'd be looking to bolster that midfield rather than the forward line. If you were to downgrade Warner to Madden, you should be able to upgrade Scott to someone like a Jack Steele, who obviously will just help you, I guess, rely on any rookie, uh, on less rookies. It'd move Cripps to M7 and Jordan to M8, which would look very nice. You could also potentially double down to have some cash heading into the buys. Um, if you trade out Scott, moving Dusty or Zoko into your midfield and then trade out Warner, that would open up two forward spots, uh, both for Waitman and Madden. This would give you 405k in the bank going into the buys with plenty of chances to upgrade players like Robertson, Jordan, etc. I think that's probably what I would be looking to do if I were you. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. Um, yeah, I would be hesitant in grabbing Handy like we've discussed ad nauseum due to his uh, injury worries. Um, you know, there's no downing scoring ability, but, you know, even given Horse Longmire has said he's not training fully, they're virtually managing him, all that hoopla, it doesn't really fill me with confidence as someone that you would try and get to fill that F6 spot. Projecting forward from the line of thought that uh, he runs with a double downgrade like you uh, mentioned, Liam, I think one potential option that he could use to his advantage is trading Flynn to a genuine primo in F6 and then switching Tracy into the R3 position. So yeah, I think, that's nice, actually. You know, if you're looking at that longer term, I think for me, Heaney is, yeah, sure, he's, uh, he's a good value short term. But looking at it longer term, talking about his durability, can his body hold up for the rest of the season? I, I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't be banking on that as opposed to potentially aiming for an uber primo, um, you know, someone in the realm of a, a Zorko or um, someone like that. Um, yes, as we said, the slim pickings in the forward line, you could even potentially you know, switch Treacy into the R3 position, switch Flynn into the forward line. And then if you have a mid forward DPP player, you could switch them into the forward line and then trade Flynn to a genuine midfielder like a like a Steel or, yep. you know, a Lions or Bont or someone like that. So I think that's something to think about. Yeah, definitely. And I think just with Heaney, just something that I haven't, don't think we mentioned earlier, at his price point of 347.1K, if he does get injured, next round or in a couple of rounds and he doesn't increase that much in price he's at a very very awkward price point you're not gonna be able mm. to upgrade very easily unless you have a lot of cash in your bank uh, you'd have to probably look to downgrade him there'd be no one else at his price point that you'd really want in your side it's a great point yeah you don't want to be left in that in that situation because it it's very it's, it mirrors that situation that people are in when they had flynn as their r2 for example yeah. and then they were found well, shit, I can't really downgrade him because he's a rookie price and they've spent all that money, you know, by not starting a Gorn or a Grundy across the rest of the team. So they're, they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. So it's a similar sort of thing with Heaney. You could either trade him down to a rookie who's going to be scoring like crap or you could be, you know, sideways trading him to someone that isn't going to be scoring as well as, as Heaney. Um, so yeah, you're, kind of, you're kind of stuck there, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. So I think if you are to bring in Heaney, I'd want to keep some money in your bank um as well as the trade up your sleeve because you're probably gonna have to use that and then obviously if he does manage to stay on the park for quite a while and does have that solid scoring then at least his price will increase and you've got some cash in your bank just sitting there for another rainy day absolutely and moving on to uh something which we've been uh, running over the past couple of weeks as you would have seen and it is a competition which we've been running across our social channels where we gave fans a chance to win free access to our exclusive discord community chat which is otherwise only available by being a patreon member now liam entries are now closed uh they closed uh Sunday, actually. Um, so thanks for all those people who jumped on because we did extend the uh, the entry uh, date uh, by a week. So hopefully all of you guys jumped in on that and we will be announcing winners leading into this weekend's games via private message or DM. So keep a lookout for that um, that little sneaky little DM that will send you away uh, with the code to our Discord if you are one of the lucky winners. So thanks again to everyone that entered. Yeah, we're looking forward to getting to chat to some more uh, Supercoach fanatics. Uh, the, the the Discord right now is is super enjoyable just to, to chat Supercoach and I guess the general banter sometimes mm. uh, when the, the teams are released or, or at the end of lockout where we can chat about uh, how we've gone and uh, the scores we've we've got. The, the good thing as well, must mention, is uh, like a classic example is on the weekend with the captaincy loophole and people were found wanting... You know, do I go for Highmore? And it's, it's sort of those last second. The Discord is used for last second advice, um, heading into games throughout the weekend. So that's the that's the really, I guess, advantageous part of it is it's, that it's instantaneous. If you want to, you know, ask a question on the fly, we're going to be there uh, to answer it and help you out, hopefully, as much as we can. So um, get around that if you aren't a member or if you haven't, unfortunately. Uh, gained entry into the discord you can gain entry through our patreon which is patreon.com forward slash supercoach edge so uh, check that out if you are interested yeah nice one and now moving on to our supercoach edge group rankings our round 10 highest scorer 
was Jerry with his team Cooper 10. He had a massive one this week. 2,541. What? Didn't know that Supercoach had scores that high. What a mammoth score. Well done. Big one, nice one. And now onto our overall leader. He's the carryover overall leader. Again, Ooh. third round in a row. After of the, the team Black on White. Well He's done. got a score of 22,799 overall. He's gone up in the rankings well by 11 spots. He's in ninth. Hmm. Ninth overall. Ninth overall. Look at him go. Gee, he is. Well done, mate. It's going to take some catching, I reckon. He's got 196 points on the person in second place. So it's, it's going to be a tough run to uh, catch up to him there. Great work there. Um, and hopefully you can uh, keep gunning for the for the whole thing overall. That's that's amazing. Yeah, it's quite, quite good to see. Hopefully, yeah can make it into top spot if you haven't already joined our supercoach edge group the code is 798296 whoever ends up on top in this group at the end of season will get their hands on a supercoach championship ring from the legends at supercoach championship rings they'll get the ultimate bragging rights over all their mates and uh, we'll have a chat with you in the final podcast of the season good luck absolutely and well done again to all of those uh all of those coaches that are smashing it so yeah. far putting us to uh to shame uh putting us to the sword so well done there but um that brings us to the very end of this episode but first just a reminder where our fans need to be following us in order to keep up with our content and of course any banter that they want to get involved in <laughs> yep you'll find us on twitter at, at supercoach underscore edge at demo j 88 or at liam evans underscore 95 facebook insta search supercoach edge you'll find us there and if you want to send us an email send it to afl supercoach edge at gmail.com absolutely and uh like i said make sure you're following us across all those relevant platforms where we're always providing up-to-date news and info and in the weeks of carnage uh in weeks gone by uh injury news is probably the most valuable news uh to hear about also you can just see some uh, absolutely banging um photoshop jobs by uh by our man damo j 88 <laughs> absolutely thank you for the shout out absolute bangers uh, i try i try um it's always good fun uh producing those those posters every week and there's actually been a couple of people in um some some of the twitter uh private groups uh that have been sending me ideas uh like last week which was the uh the legend of uh of zorko <laughs> or the legend of zorro um, so if anyone has any uh, any recommendations for episode names or posters or the like, um, be sure to uh, to send us a tweet uh, and I'll be happy to, um, yeah, put my, uh, I don't know if I should call it talents, but um, I'll have a bit of fun trying to put it together. Yeah, love it. <laughs> but uh, until next week, all the very best for the weekend ahead. Good luck for the weekend ahead and hopefully uh, we get some more uh, double tons from Ollie. Oh, what about... What about triple? Let's go for a triple. Oh, don't be greedy. It's like a double rainbow. <laughs>
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.